Sophie Hardy and the Changeling Hybrid by Emma Dale. Narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 16. Trying and Failing. Step one of the plan was agreed upon before the girls retired back home for what would be a very sleepless night. They all concurred that with the number of changelings that were starting to gather around Pinkleton Primary School, it would be a good idea if Sophie, Clara and Yasmin went to school as their avatars again. It had proven uneventful yesterday, but with this new knowledge that the changelings were gathering, it seemed like common sense to all of them. That night, having returned to her bedroom, Sophie went into the kitchen before trying to go to sleep. As she walked through the living room, she saw her dad had fallen asleep on the settee with the television still on. She decided not to wake him and so found a blanket and placed it over him. He gave a little snore as she did so and Sophie kissed his forehead. Having gotten some water out of the fridge, Sophie then went through Lizzie's room and kissed her goodnight as well, but prepared for her feed later. As Sophie lay in bed, she briefly wondered exactly where her mum was and why her dad had fallen asleep on the living room furniture. She then realised that she could think about that another time and so concentrated again on the plan for tomorrow and trying to get some sleep. The four of them had agreed that they would try and talk to Desmerelda discreetly on the playground before school when all the children were playing before the whistle blew. They would explain to her that Miss Sissons, Jane to Desmerelda, would like to talk to her and that putting the modified implant on the side of her head would be the best way to do it. They would then tell her to go home and do as they instructed. The three of them would then keep an eye on Kingsley throughout the day and help ensure that he stayed calm and relaxed about everything going on at home. Sophie thought for hours that night about things that could be changed to improve the plan, but she couldn't think of anything. Not knowing where Kingsley and Desmerelda lived, she found it difficult to wait for the following morning, but what choice did she have? Eventually, Sophie fell asleep and dreamt of the half-term that was coming after the final day of school tomorrow, one whole week of just her, her family and her implant. Previously, Sophie had hated half-terms because she loved school so much, but now... With Mrs Phoenix in charge, it was a lot more of a chore than it used to be. Sophie couldn't wait. Mum had said a few days ago that they could spend some time with Nan and Sophie started to like that idea. She slept happily at the thought of her family. The morning after, whilst tucking into breakfast and talking to Tom about the virtual trip to the football tomorrow to kickstart the holiday, the buzzer rang meaning someone was at the door on the bottom floor. Sophie darted over and answered it. Clara's excited tones rang through the speaker. Why are you using the bell? You could zone in at the top of the stairs, Sophie said through gritted teeth. Just trying to keep it as normal as possible, Clara replied. We don't want your mum and dad getting suspicious. Sophie put her pots in the sink and caught sight of some wine bottles that had accumulated in the recycling overnight. She didn't think much of them, but did ask Tom on the way out. Where's mum? She's still in bed. She got in late last night, he replied, trying to feed Lizzie a slice of toast without her throwing it on the floor. Sophie kissed him and Lizzie goodbye and scurried over to the lift. The plan yesterday had worked so well that Sophie and Yasmin thought it would be silly to change it and so Sophie and Clara made their way over to Yasmin's house to zone out there for the day. Nicholas was away as usual and Zoe would go to work, leaving the girls in peace. Arriving at Yasmin's house in a flurry of excitement, Clara and Sophie crept up to Yasmin's room to zone out. 
Whilst the three of them sat there in anticipation, Clara noticed what Sophie had spotted the previous day. Yasmin's room was full of some really expensive clothes and equipment. Where did you get all this from? Clara asked. Yasmin looked bemused at her. All the stuff? Some of it's expensive, Clara added. Yasmin recapped the story from yesterday for Clara's benefit and explained how her dad was so incredibly proud of her for what she had done and how hard she had been working. Why exactly is he proud of you? Sophie asked, not wanting to sound rude, but inevitably coming across as it. Because I was picked. Out of all the girls in the world, I was picked, Yasmin said in a rather condescending way, forgetting that Clara had actually been chosen before her by Miss Sissons and Mr King and that Sophie had been the main target on the day that Yasmin got hers and she was only really chosen as she was Sophie's friend. Right, Clara replied, not quite believing what she was hearing. Have you worn any of these clothes? Sophie asked. Yasmin was oblivious to her friend's disbelief. Only once or twice, Yasmin replied. They get old so quickly. Do you want any of them? Sophie and Clara looked at each other and for a split second actually considered saying yes, but something inside them both told them that they shouldn't and that their best friend was being spoilt by her dad, who was feeling guilty about always being away. Before Sophie and Clara could decline politely, Zoe's voice echoed up the stairs. Do you want a lift? she asked. I'm driving past school today. The girls thought for a second. As long as she doesn't realise that we are in her avatars, there's no harm, Yasmin surmised. Sophie and Clara both shrugged and lay down on the floor of Yasmin's overcrowded bedroom while Yasmin lay on the bed. A few seconds later and the girls' avatars stood looking over their zoned out bodies. The three ran downstairs and jumped into Zoe's car. As Sophie climbed in, she saw a woman on the other side of the road staring at her and her friends again. This one, though, had company. To the woman's left looked to be some sort of leprechaun. It still wore the green hood, but Sophie noticed it was decidedly shorter and seemed to have a beard growing out from under its hood. On the other side of the changeling was a creature also wearing the green hood, a creature that seemed to have wings like a pixie underneath her robe. There weren't just changelings that were gathering now. Different types of creatures were joining them. Sophie's blood ran cold, or it would have done had she not been in her avatar, and she quickly took a photo and sent it to Miss Sissons once they were all on their way to school. As the journey continued, Sophie was suddenly very relieved that they were in the car, because as she looked out the window, she noticed more and more women and green-hooded figures from all sorts of species that had simply stopped what they were doing to turn and look at the car. This both worried Sophie and confused her. She now understood that the women who had been staring at them were changelings who were being awoken, but why were they staring at her, Clara and Yasmin? Why did they now seem to be being joined by other mythical creatures? Surely they should have been looking for Kingsley and Desmeralda, and if changelings were that dangerous, wouldn't the other beings want to stay away from them? Each time she saw one, she took a photo of them and sent it to Miss Sissons so she could see exactly which were in the area. Sophie also found herself getting more and more cross with the humans. All of them were simply walking or driving past all of these unusual creatures that were out there to cause their children harm. However, they didn't notice them because they were too transfixed by their implants. Eventually, the car pulled up outside the school and the three girls jumped out and instantly started scanning for Kingsley or Desmeralda. Sophie had remembered to take the modified implant out of her real pocket and put it in the avatar's pocket and so all they had to do was find Desmeralda and explain that Miss Sissons shared her desire and wanted to talk to her. 
The girls split up to search every inch of the playground, but there was no sign. They ran in and out of all the parents and other children, but neither Kingsley nor Desmeralda were there yet. What are we going to do? Yasmin asked. Nothing we can do, Clara quickly replied. He's been late every day he's been here so far, Sophie added. He's probably going to do the same again. For 15 minutes, the girls sat at the front gate, hoping that Kingsley would arrive before school started. They twiddled their thumbs and messaged Miss Sissons to let her know what was happening, but there was no sign. She also put in her reply that she had no clue why the other creatures were joining with the changelings, but that it was probably even more dangerous than they had originally thought. What evidence she was basing this opinion on, Sophie didn't know, but Miss Sissons had dealt with this kind of thing before and so knew what she was talking about. Even as the whistle blew to mark the start of the school day, the girls, as slowly as possible, made their way to the class line, hoping against hope that they could get this sorted before they got to the classroom. There was no such luck. Hurry up, you three! Mrs Phoenix screeched from the front of the line of year six. The girls meandered over, looking at Mrs Phoenix like they would rather be anywhere but there. They reluctantly attached themselves to the back of the line and followed the snake of children into the classroom. Taking their seats at their desks, the three girls realised they were going to have to go with Plan B. One of them would cause a distraction in the classroom when Kingsley arrived so that one of the others could zone out into the main reception or school driveway to catch Desmeralda and tell her what to do. Ironically, it would prove even more difficult to do with the three girls all sitting back to back. Had they been on the other side of the room from each other, one could have disappeared out of the room whilst Mrs Phoenix was looking at whatever distraction had been caused. Could we arrange for another dragon? Clara asked, half joking. She left the room pretty quickly that day. Tensely, the girls got their books out and started to write the date. It was feeling like quite a long, nerve-wracking wait. Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels or if you would like to purchase a hard copy of the book, then be sure to check out www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.